0: 2am. It's shortly after 2 in the morning and I've given up on sleeping. It's a typical Saturday morning that seems that only sleeping until 2am is going to be part of my regular weekend sleep pattern. I get up with a sigh, apologize to Carthage Sparta, my youngest cat, for turning on the lace and disturbing her sleep. Noelle Odette, my dog, and Miles Morris, my middle cat, are in the same sleep routine as I am and get up with me. I throw on socks and a sweatshirt. The house is a little chilly. Then head into the kitchen to make coffee. All three cats, Riley, Miles, and Carthage, along with Noelle, think it is time to eat. But I remind them 6 a.m. is normal feeding time. They will have to wait. I sigh to myself again and resign to the fact that the new hours work at my request are working against me. For the past three and a half years, I've been working night shift. My company did a reorganization in October of 2016 that left a few employees scrambling for other jobs not within the company. However, it put me in a difficult position. I could either go part-time and keep a rotational day schedule, similar to the one I was already working, it would mean that I would have to find another part-time job to make ends meet, or I could take the only full-time position they had, requiring me to work night shift. I was aware that we had new clients coming in. They had asked me if I would work with them once they were ready for staffing. The reason behind it was that it was closer to home. It also meant less time on the road and less wear and tear on my aging car. I agreed, even though it required me to alter my sleep schedule. It didn't matter. A standard work week with steady hours was a welcome relief to the rotational work week I would be leaving behind. Those new hours would be short-lived as we all adjusted to a new routine. It became clear that the staff needed to be trimmed to three shifts instead of four. I could still work the same days, same rotation. My hours would shift. At first, I didn't mind, but as the months turned into years, I found that I was having trouble sleeping. This was causing issues at work. Unfortunately, since the clients were not awake while I was working, it was easy to hide. Fast forward to the pandemic. The client's schedule changed again, and we trimmed their support schedule based on their routine. Once again, some of the employees were temporarily laid off. At the time, everyone was going day by day. Spring slagged into summer, which haltingly flowed into fall. Late in August, my supervisor asked if I would be willing to change my hours again. The new hours were going to be what I had worked when our clients came into our service. Unbeknownst to my supervisor, I was ecstatic. She was unaware of that fact. She was new to our company. I told her that I would be happy to take on those hours. They were my original schedule and I was looking forward to the new shift. I wasn't worried about my sleep schedule. I could work with it and find a schedule that worked for me. At the start, it wasn't a problem sleeping when I got home from work or sleeping on the weekends. My body was trying to adjust to the new schedule along with the animals. Eventually, the household would find a rhythm. It would take time. The downside that I was going to find annoying was that sleep would evaporate on the weekends. Hence, here I am, sitting at my computer with my sole cup of coffee, flipping through the online news on MSN and Yahoo. I wander through my emails, the leading ones I didn't need, reading ones that popped up yesterday during my shopping spree that was to ensure that stuff was coming and that I didn't need to go back and reorder or file a question. I hunted for the email of a woman that I paired up with for the current writing class. Due to the pandemic, our monthly writing class, which was being held in the local library, had been postponed until fall. Now things were slowly opening up. The library was able to offer some outdoor activities. Some of the programs that had been canceled were now available through Zoom. The return of the writing class was a welcome relief to me. It would, I hope, get me back in the habit of writing. The pandemic, in a strange way, allowed me to contemplate what I wanted to do and how to go about doing it. What it didn't help with was writing. I pulled up her article in hopes that reading it would spark something in me to return to writing something other than a beginning. During the writing class, it had become a joke between me and the instructor that I had a slew of beginnings that didn't manifest into full stories. But now it was annoying, and I was hoping that by working with a writing partner, I would get past the beginning. She read a short essay about her younger daughter's first child, a brief first draft that cried out for more detail. In reading it, I reminded myself to be tactful and positive with my response. This was something I'd been practicing on social media and the few book reviews that I posted in my blog. Being tactful and positive when writing or responding to something on social media is not easy. It takes skill to show that you're being supportive or criticizing without acting like a troll. There's a lot of negativity on social media. People are quick to cut you down and then disappear without realizing how damaging that can be to the recipient. After reading the article, I turned to my Daily Solitaire on MSN app. The Daily Solitaire and the Daily Tournament were used as a focus. As I flipped the cards to the five types of Solitaire and the Daily Tournament, I rewound through the essay I had read and worked on my reply. This was tough. I wanted to reply in a positive manner. This was going to take some time. During this, Noelle was trying to nod off while at the same time resisting. She sat by my side with her head, nodding as if she was a horse or cow. Or more like a toddler resisting the lull of sleep in fear of missing something. I brought a rug from the bathroom and hoped that maybe she needed something to lay on. Nope. She just balled it up and pushed it aside. Then she decided to become a pest, insisting on being petted as I was trying to work things out in my mind. During gaming, an idea emerged, took shape, and took off like pheasants disturbed in a field, knowing that if I didn't jump on these ideas as they took flight in my mind, they would vanish, just like those same pheasants vanishing into the sunset when the hunter takes aim too slowly. The thought I had was how every Saturday for the past three weeks, I was up at 2 a.m., not fully awake, looking at the clock, groaning and mumbling about why my body decided that this was a good time to be awake, then rolling over and going back to sleep. No, this was my body saying, we are done sleeping. Stop fighting it and get up. It was annoying. I had learned not to fight it. What do you do at 2 a.m.? You can post about it on social media. You would be surprised who was up. One weekend, I did what I call the monthly wash, that's taking all the sheets and blankets, pet bedding, and kitchen rugs to the laundromat, which opens up at 5 a.m. Other weekends, I wandered the house and waited for the sun to rise. There isn't a lot of places that are open. We were still operating under pandemic rules, so visiting Starbucks for a latte with my laptop or tablet wasn't going to happen. Roaming my 600-square-foot mobile home had its limitations. Completing assignments for my library class didn't always appeal to me, and the park service frowns upon you when you hike public parks in the dark. And you can only order so many books from the library. I mean, how much can you read in a week? What's left? I could read, craft, contemplate, remodel my home in my head, talk to my plants. I could remind the animals, breakfast is at six, not two. Maybe try to write, which usually ended up in writer's block, or try and plan my day. That's hard to do when you're up before the sun. One of the things I could look forward to was a 7.55 a.m. body flow class. I'd been taking this for almost two years pre-pandemic. It was a combination of Tai Chi, yoga, and Pilates. I enjoyed everything about the class except Pilates. The instructors had a habit of choosing the same workout routine over and over again. I knew that there was more to Pilates than that sole lower body regime. It was the only aspect of the class I couldn't stand. By the time mid-pandemic arrived, it's, it is all yoga. In a of an hour, it was 45 minutes. That cut the Tai Chi and the Pilates. I didn't miss the Pilates. I didn't miss the Tai Chi warm-up. I missed the classes and tried to take it at least two times a week. The early months of the pandemic had made it hard to exercise. The lack of movement at work had not helped either. I was packing on pounds and losing mobility. As I sit here with Noelle parked by my side, Miles at my feet, Carthage lounging on some boxes, and Riley in the kitchen, I am contemplating my first essay in months, a somewhat well-written article that may see publishing. I'm still thinking on the reply to my writing partner, hashing out how I'm going to write the essay on snake plants. I did order some books from the library. They won't be available until Monday. I'm contemplating if I have enough time to start this week's assignment for the library class. I walk into the kitchen, cup in hand, to rinse it and place it in the sink. As I walk back to the computer, it's almost 5 a.m. and the day is young.